welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. questions that we get a lot is, what are the legal requirements to be buried in a national cemetery? And when I say national cemetery, what I'm referring to is those cemeteries that have been set aside specifically and specially for military members and and other uh, select group of people that have served. And we're going to talk about each one of those different services or different departments that you can serve in that would get you eligible as well as maybe your family members to be buried in a national cemetery. So I live in the state of Oregon and we have a a couple different national cemeteries here, but one of them that's really well known is Willamette National. And that's located in the Portland metro area. It's actually in Happy Valley. It's on a hill It gets to see a beautiful view of the city down below, as well as Mount Hood out in the distance. And I would encourage you, if you live in Oregon, that if you were to go online and Google Willamette National Cemetery, Oregon, because there's another Willamette National in another state, find the one in Oregon, go to their website, take a look, and you can see some pictures. And what you're going to find is a very beautifully, meticulously maintained well-manicured cemetery that is has a great, it's dignified, it's beautiful, and it's a wonderful resting place for those people that have served our country in different capacities. Let's talk about those different capacities. The first one that most people know about is that if you have served in the armed forces, one of the five branches, and now we have six branches with the Space Force, But if you've served in one of the five branches of the military, male or female, and you've served faithfully and you received an honorable discharge, you would be eligible to be able to be buried in a national cemetery. One of the things I do want to preface when I'm talking about this, because sometimes people get it confused. They think that everything's paid for and from the gates in is covered and has been paid for by your service. Something that people don't, that people get mixed up sometimes is, is they think that you need to have served in combat. And yes, if you've served in, in a combat zone and you have an honorable discharge, you are eligible to be buried in a national cemetery or placed in a national cemetery with your cremated remains. But it's not just those that have served in combat that go there. It's any branch of the service in any capacity having served, and there there are some requirements, we'll talk a little bit about those, but have served on active duty for a period of time and received an honorable discharge. Where people get kind of mixed up is there's also some other different parts, and we're going to talk about those. Again, you do not have to have served in combat. I've talked to the children, especially of the veterans, and when I'm talking to them, they're like, well, he dad never served in combat or mom never served in combat. And it's like, no, 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 no. As long as they've served and and served honorably and get an honorable discharge, 
they are eligible. And we can, uh, and then we talk about that. So military members on active duty or the selected reserve. And when I say selected reserve, we're talking about people that have been called up. If you've served in the National Guard or if you've served in the reserves and you've been called up for a period of time, that also makes you eligible to be buried at a national cemetery. Now, former military members who've served on active duty or completed one term of enlistment or initial obligated service in selected reserve and departed under conditions of other than, than dishonorable. So, again, if you get a general discharge, you're still eligible. It's just a dishonorable discharge. Is that That's what makes you ineligible. And there are ways that around that, that that people have changed their dishonorable discharge to being a general discharge. And those are things that you can talk if you if that's if you're one of those people and now you're thinking, well, no, actually, I kind of like to be buried in a national cemetery. And I did serve, but maybe maybe there was something that took place that you were discharged under other than honorable conditions. Then you can talk to the military and you can work some things out there as well. Former military members that are discharged from the selective reserve due to a disability incurred or aggravated in the line of duty. And and this isn't talking about being wounded in action. This is talking about having a disability take place while you're in service to the country. So if you are on active duty and maybe you became disabled because of an accident, maybe you were in a vehicle accident, maybe you had something take place while you were in training, that made it to where you were disabled, those members also have the right to be buried in a national cemetery. Again, if you've got questions, you can always call your local VA and they can work through this with you so that you can get some information. We we have a local place here in Lincoln County that we've sent a number of different people that have served and aren't, weren't quite sure if they were if they were eligible or not, and they can help you and they can work through some of those things. Here's something that a lot of people forget about. And if you were a member of the Public Health Service, PHS, or NOAA, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, and if you were a commissioned officer, and that's the important part of it, you're also eligible to be buried in the National Cemetery because you were a member of a uniformed service in the public health services or in NOAA. And I, I knew a couple people that served in NOAA as officers that have been buried in national cemeteries. And it doesn't mean that you had to have also served during a wartime like Vietnam or World War II, Korea, you know, or the current over in the Middle East. That is not the case. You could have also served during peacetime and if you are a commissioned officer, that makes it to where you're eligible. Something that people also forget, maybe your loved one or you served in the National Guard or the Army Reserve or the Navy Reserve, and you retired. If you did 20 years of service, that makes it to where you are eligible because maybe you were never called up. Maybe you, were, you served in the National Guard and you did 20 years and you received retirement, that makes it to where you're eligible 
to be buried in a national cemetery. Whereas if you only served, well, if you served eight years or 12 years, but you never served the, the active duty piece that's required, then you wouldn't be eligible. Now, you're also eligible to get flags and taps, and that's a whole other topic as well. But to be eligible to be at a national cemetery, if you retire from the Army or, or whatever, the Guard or the Reserve, uh, you're eligible to be buried in a national cemetery. As well as their spouse, their legally married to spouse. I've also had people say, well, you know, my wife passed away or my husband passed away. I'm a veteran. I have them buried at a national cemetery and I'm planning on going there with them. But now they're also remarried. Can the new spouse go as well? And the answer is yes. Other people that would be eligible if you have children that are under the age of 23, if they are if they're attending school, that would make them eligible as well. If they were to pass away in an accident, they could actually be buried in a national cemetery. And then another one, and actually, I just actually helped a gentleman with his uncle. He was, his uncle was a dependent child and had been disabled his entire life. And his parents had been buried in a national cemetery. And now his uncle had passed away. And he had been taken care of in a home and those types of things. And he went to a national cemetery to be buried with his parents. So dependent children, and that means up to the age 23 while they're attending school or dependent disabled all their life, there are some requirements that you need to, to have in order to get them eligible. And that would be like a letter from a doctor as well as a letter from the, the veteran or the representative of the veteran, if he's already passed, to be able to get him eligible. You, and you just go through national, you just go through the eligibility, get them qualified, and then they can be buried in the National Cemetery as well. What types of things does the National Cemetery accept? And just kind of going through these pretty quick, they can take any standard size casket. So once they are so if basically what you have to decide is, do I want to be buried in the ground or do I want to be placed in a niche in the wall? And I tell people to think about if, if there's no real preference. What I tell people is here's here's the concept. All caskets get buried in the ground. And all niches can be buried, can be placed. In, excuse me. All urns can be placed in a niche. But. Urns can also be placed in the ground. And I tell people that is if you think that it, when you were to go to visit your loved one, if you picture going to a plot and placing flowers on the ground, then that's what you should do. Because an urn or a full body can be placed in the ground. Now, if you have an urn, and it doesn't matter, you know, they will be placed in a wall. Most of the cemeteries with the niches do not have places to hang flowers on the niche. And if you are one of those people that need to be able to place flowers and you want them to be with that loved one, then you might want to consider being buried or having them placed in the ground. You can place the flowers at the feet of the niche 
But if they're the third or fourth row up, they're not going to be with that person. And that's just something to keep in mind. And I'm not pushing you one way or the other, but that's something to keep in mind when you're making that decision. Now, as far as burial, when you go there, you are required to have a casket. Now, that casket can be a minimum plywood casket. And then they're going to be placed into a liner and then they'll be placed in the ground at the national cemeteries. Urns are generally a standard size. You can have a niche that can have one or two people in it. That's something that you talk to the cemetery about when you're making that decision. Because if a spouse is going to be going with that, something I forgot to mention is that spouses are also eligible. Your current spouse or if you have, maybe you've had two two or three spouses and they've legally passed away while you were married, they can all go together. And that's one of those things where, again, if you're, if, if you have a couple different spouses, then you may have everything placed in the ground rather than in a niche, but urns, standard size urns, they need to be able to fit in an 18 inch by 36 inch deep grave site or in the ground. In a columbarium, the urn must be able to fit in niches that have 14 inches high, 10 inches wide, and 18 inches deep. So that way you can actually place two with that depth uh, in that niche space. All national cemeteries provide a grave liner for a, and a casket that's going to be buried. So the casket can be anything. It can be made up. It can be a fiberboard or it can be made out of bronze. You know, whatever you want to have for the casket is going to be placed in a grave liner and then placed in the ground. And that's all covered at the National Cemetery. Hopefully this gives you some things to think about. It gives you hopefully a little bit more information. If you have any questions about funerals for military personnel, there's other. Please go back and take a look. You'll find another series that we have that we talk about military honors and taps and those kinds of things and having military celebrations of life. Make sure you check those out. And if you've got any questions, please make sure that you can get a hold of us. You could, you're welcome to drop us a line at info at BatemanPacificView.com. And thank you for listening. Well, we have reached that time in our podcast where we take a time and we take a moment and we remember all the families that are experiencing a loss. And we light a virtual candle in their memory. Let's take a moment. This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris. You can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website at BatemanPacificView.com. You can visit us on our website, and you can also leave us messages there, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have any feedback or any questions about today's episode, you're welcome to call us at 541-265-2751, or you can send us an email at info at BatemanPacificView.com. We would love to hear from you. And... Thank you very much for joining us today and make sure that you follow our page to hear more from us.
Make sure to listen to our other two podcasts in this trilogy. Thank you for listening.